0: Alright, I need everybody to stop what you're doing. Whatever you have in your hands right now, I need you to just go ahead and put that down. I need everybody's full and undivided attention right here. Eyes up, straightforward, everybody looking. If you need to adjust your glasses, whatever you need to do, but I need everybody's attention. I need you eyes up right here. Now, I have a very, very, very important question I need to ask you. When I say the word semester exam. Okay, enough said But when I say the words Ex- semester exam How many of you get really, really nervous? Show of hands Okay, now If let's, let's just be honest With another show of hands How many of you absolutely love to take semester exams Or some kind of a test? Show of hands, anybody? We, we have one person Thank you for your honesty um, So I appreciate that So, Or do you like to give semester exams? I don't know, maybe you do no not really okay so so today i get the privilege of going on in our along in our journey of first john and i get to do chapter four of the series the good life now for those of you tuning in with us online or those of you here this morning that don't know who i am i'm ryan kime and i'm our next steps and outreach minister here at bachelor creek and i'm super excited to continue on in this series But I just want to just go ahead and just jump right into scripture today And so we're going to start out and the scripture will be on on the uh on the screen for you But I want to go ahead and start out with first john chapter 4 verse 1 And it says dear friends Do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the spirit You must test them to see if the spirit they have comes from god For there are many false prophets in this world so when I looked at this scripture And I sat here and I read through 1 first john chapter four for a long time for several weeks When I knew that this was going to be the one that I was going to be preaching on I got thinking well, why is john saying to test them? I was thinking what does he want? What does he mean by that? So then I dug a little bit deeper and i'm like, okay, so he says false prophets. That's who we're supposed to test So i'm like, okay, so what is a false prophet? And I'll have to admit, I dug in, and I looked into my commentary of, of 1 John 4 here, and you know what a prophet is? A prophet is a mouthpiece of some spirit. A prophet is a mouthpiece of some spirit. So anything that is not a spirit of God, or a prophet of God, speaking in the spirit of God, is a false prophet. Because it tells us in 1 John 4, Or not first John, but it tells us in John fourteen verse six it says, "I am the way, the truth, and the light. Life, and nobody comes through me except, or nobody comes to the Father except through me." So anything that's spoken with the mouthpiece of truth is a prophet, but anything that is not speaking the mouthpiece of truth of God is a false prophet. So it makes me think. What spirit am I representing with my mouth? Let's continue on. It says 1 John 4, verses 2 and 3 says this. says, this is how we know if they have the spirit of God. If a person claiming to be a prophet acknowledges that Jesus Christ came in a real body, that person has the spirit of God. But if someone claims to be a prophet and does not acknowledge the truth about jesus That person is from god. That person is not from god Such a person has the spirit of the antichrist Which you heard is coming into the world and indeed is already here Now I asked you about tests and exams now. I think that john has given us two tests here and he's given us two questions to look at. The first one is this. It says, what does this is what I think he was asking us. What does the world say about Jesus? What does the world say about Jesus? Here's what I feel like the world is telling us today. I think they look at Jesus as a five-letter cuss word. Now I know most of us think well most cuss words are four letters, but Jesus is a five-letter cuss word. I mean, think about this. It's easier to say the word god Than it is to say Jesus It's easier to ask someone to come to church with you Than it is to talk to them about Jesus I mean think about that It's so much easier to invite someone to church Than it is to sit there and talk to them About having a relationship with Jesus Now this isn't something new about Jesus being a five letter cuss word because think about back in John's time when him and Peter were walking around they were healing people from all sorts of things and they were preaching in the name of Jesus and we read through we read through that story in Acts but it what what happens is, is is when we look at Acts 4 16 and 17 it shows me just how much the world looked at Jesus when it says this it says in Acts 14 16 and 17 it says what does what do we th- Sorry, what should we do with these men? They asked each other, talking about Peter and John. We can't deny that they have performed miraculous signs, and everybody in Jerusalem knows about it. But to keep them from, spread, from spreading their propaganda any further, we must warn them to not to speak to anyone in Jesus' name again. So just like today that it's so hard for us to talk about Jesus, they were trying to get them to stop talking about Jesus even 2,000 years ago back in John and Peter's time. So I want to ask you this question. Is Jesus a five-letter cuss word in your life? Is Jesus a five-letter cuss word in your life? 1 John 4, 4 through 6 says this. But you belong to god my dear children You have already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you Is greater than the spirit who lives in the world Those people belong to this world so they speak from the world's viewpoint And the world listens to them But we belong to god and those who know god listen to us if they don't Or if they do not belong to god, they do not listen to us That is how We know if someone has the spirit of truth or the spirit of deception That brings us to the second test that I think john has for us here What does the world think about them and them as the false prophets? What does the world think about the false prophets? And here's the thing I believe today is just like it was back then I think the world sees false prophets the same today as it did them because when I look at it I can look and I can sit here and I can stay focused on jesus. He can be right here in my focus But I can see the world so much easier in my peripheral vision Than when i'm looking at and focused on the world than I could ever ever see jesus in my peripheral vision I want to say that again a little bit differently I can sit here and I can focus so much on jesus But it's so much easier to fall into the temptations of what's going on around me because the world is so much more tempting to see I can never see Jesus when i'm focused on the world than I can the other way around See and I think that the world says about false prophets today I think what they're saying is 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 what's wrong with you? They look at us and they say, they look at us as followers of Christ and they say, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you joining in with what the world is saying is right? But really they're in conflict with what God says in the Bible because it's so much easier to see what's going on in the world than it is to see what Jesus has in store for us. First john 4 verses 7 through 8 and taylor read this for us this morning and this is some pretty good stuff here It says dear friends. Let us continue to love one another for love comes from god Anyone who loves is a child of god and knows god But anyone who does not love does not know god for god is love Love is patient and kind Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. And it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice or injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. Never loses faith. Is always hopeful and endures through Everything, in every circumstance I didn't think we could talk about the importance of love without talking about 1 Corinthians 13 And I wanted to share that with you now for us many of us think that love how many, okay let's go back to another test show of hands, how many of you think love is really important, show of hands love is really important great, love is important, we all value it it's something we long for but here's the thing I bet most of us Myself included Often find ourselves Falling into the Love as a feeling It's something I have to feel But here's the thing Love is an action Love is a choice It's something we have to choose daily It's not something that we can just feel It's something that we have to choose daily And it's an action Beloved Let us unselfishly Love And seek the best for one another for love is from God and everyone who loves others is born for of God and knows God through personal experiences the one who does not love has not become acquainted with God does not and never did know him for God is love he is the originator of love and it's Enduring attribute of his nature That's the amplified version of first john 4 7 and 8 And I want you to grasp that for god is love. He is the originator of love He is love We cannot love someone More than we allow god to love us If he is truly the originator of love And he is love I cannot love someone more than I allow God to love me See God loves us that's not the problem The problem is is how much am I allowing Him to love me I want you to grasp that he loves you Period He doesn't know anything different Period But the problem is is how much Are we allowing him to love us Now Now This next part is more for me than it is for anybody else. I'm just going to admit that right here. But I hope and pray that it hits you guys somewhere. I cannot allow the love of my wife any more than I allow God to love me. I cannot allow her to love me any more than I allow God to love me. See, he is love. He's the originator of love. I won't ever receive her love if I don't accept the love of God. Because I cannot receive what I don't accept, and I cannot accept what I do not receive. Are you allowing God to love you today? How much are you allowing Him to love you? Are you tapping into God's love? Are you using him as your resource of love? How many of you have gotten an email from from me here recently that says, we miss you, Um, can't wait to see you Sunday, and you're thinking, huh, why is he seeing that? And I've had some of you say, hey, you talked to me on Sunday, and that's great, I probably did, but I've also talked to a lot of other people. But here's the thing. Us on staff, we love you guys so much, but we can only love you as much as you allow us to love you. Did you catch that? We love you guys and care about you so much, but we can only love you as much as you allow us to love you. These little cards in front of you, or the app for those of you worshiping on us online, or those in here, this card means a lot to us. Because what happens is, is we know that you guys are here so that we can keep track of you guys Not that we're trying to track attendance and and boost up our numbers and stuff like that No, what it is is it's because we love you guys so much That we want to know when you're not here And the only way we can know when you're not here Is when you're not filling us out That's how much we love you That's why i'm sending those emails out to you guys. It's not coming just from me It's coming from all of us because we care that much This is something new that we're trying to do because we want you guys to know how much we love you. So sometime through the service today, I really want you to encourage you to grab this or take your phone and, and go ahead and check in and fill this out and pass it to the end of the aisles. We can only love you as much as you allow us to love you. And you can only love someone as much as you allow God to love you. So I really want to encourage you to tap into the resources that God provides, and that is True love. Moving on, First John 4, 9 through 16 says this. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins dear friends since god loved us that much we surely ought to love one another no one has ever seen god but if we love each other god lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us and god has given us the spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us furthermore we have seen with our own eyes, and now testify that the Father sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. All who declare that Jesus is the Son of God have and, and Son of God and have God living in them, and they live in God. We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in His love. God is love, and all live. And all who live in love live in God. And God lives in them. See, when we become followers of Christ, he gives us the Holy Spirit inside us. This is God's presence in us. This is proof that we belong to him. If anyone here today doesn't know God, that's okay. Because we want you to have a chance to know him. We want you to have a chance to have a relationship with him. And here in a few moments, we're gonna give you that opportunity to get to know him. See, he pours his love into us and gives us the ability to love others, and we're here to love you. Having God's love in and for us, in and of, its, or excuse me, having God's love in and of itself is an amazing, amazing thing. God's love is so Amazing But it doesn't stop there And it's not enough See he wants us To be able to be loved by him So that we can use and put that into action And love others See if when we read in Matthew 22 37-39 it says We must love the Lord our God With all our heart, soul, and mind This is the first and greatest commandment The second is equally important And that's the love of Your neighbor as yourself And the only way we can love our neighbor is allowing god to love us We have to love god and allow him to love us See many of us want to give an excuse of why we can't talk to To our our neighbors and why we can't love our neighbors and why we can't do anything about sharing that That the name of jesus because we see it as a five-letter cuss word But here's the thing his love is powerful enough to help us overcome anything that world, that the world puts in front of us and tries to deter us away from Him and spreading and spreading His good news and the love of His Son Jesus. First John four seventeen through eighteen says this, and as we live in God, and love and our love grows more perfect, so we will not be afraid on the day of judgment. But we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. If we live in God and he is in us, we should be longing. We should be longing for the day of judgment. Why? Because that's the day that sin is no more. That's the day that we don't have to ask him for forgiveness anymore. That is the day that our relationship with Jesus moves from talking to him in prayer to a face-to-face relationship with Jesus. That's the day the unseen becomes seen. Seen. And again, for those of you that don't have that relationship with Jesus, for those of you that don't know just how well He loves you and how much He loves you, that's okay. We're going to offer you that opportunity here in a few moments to come up and speak with one of us, and hopefully we can share that love with you and talk with you. Because we want you guys to have a face-to-face relationship with Jesus someday. Moving on, First John 4:19 through21. We love each other because He loved us first. If someone says, "I love God but hates a fellow believer," that person is a liar. For if we don't love people, we can see how can we love God, whom we cannot see. And he has given us this command. Those who love God must also love their fellow believers now, I want to share a story with you From time to time um, Wendy uh, my wife will grab um, a special snack We'll just call it a special snack It doesn't matter what kind of snack it is Sometimes it's something that only I like But see what happens is she grabs that And she'll tell me about it Maybe show it to me Maybe not But she lets me know about it But then what happens is She goes to the kitchen And she pulls this drawer out Puts it in and then shuts the drawer So that snack now becomes something that's out of sight out of mind And over time I tend to forget about it Because it's out of sight out of mind See and what what is the one thing that I need to do to be able to enjoy that snack that special snack that she got me I need to get off my duff and Walk into the kitchen and open that drawer up And enjoy that snack right But here's the thing Just like that snack That's out of sight out of mind That's how we view God and his love for us It's something that's Out of sight out of mind It's something That's only there whenever we remember That it's there But how can we tap into That source of love That that relationship with God Get up Off of our duffs Read his word Pray Pray with him Speak with him Tap into that resource of love Tap into that relationship That he's longing to have with you But here's the thing We have to move from a relationship That's out of sight, out of mind To a relationship That is out of sight On my mind I want you to grasp that we have to go from out of sight out of mind to out of sight on my mind because the day of judgment hasn't came yet we haven't got to see them face to face so he's still out of sight but boy he has to be on our mind he has to be on our mind now if i haven't put you to sleep yet today that's a good thing but if i have i'm so sorry And many of you are probably, I've already caught thunder this morning already about where's your props? Where's your props? Well, sorry to let anybody down this morning. But here's the thing. I just went through 1 John chapter 4 and I just read through the scriptures. And I just gave you just a, a simple what God has put on my heart to share with you guys. And I gave you guys a bunch, of, a bunch of stuff that you could have written on your notes and you could stick it in your Bible or maybe slip it into the trash can on your way out thinking, oh man, that was some great, great thoughts. But see, you will come in and leave the same way if that's all I did for you. Because I don't wanna just give you head knowledge, I wanna give you some heart knowledge because our head knowledge is, oh, that was some great thoughts and then we go about our day. But if I can give you some heart knowledge, And I can get real And share from my heart to yours Then our lives And our walks with Jesus Will start to change Or we will move from not knowing Jesus To knowing Jesus So I want to share with you Because man I I tell you I've been battling some thoughts in my own mind And um, It's it's been tough And I read this book by Craig Garcelle It's called Winning the War in Your Mind I don't know if anybody's read this yet or not, but I strongly suggest that you read it if you haven't read it yet. Great book. Probably one of the best books I've ever read from any author. So I strongly suggest that. But the reason why I'm bringing that up is because it fits right in with what we're talking about this morning. Because, see, here's the thing. When I look at false prophets... And the testing of those You guys can go home today And you can take everything I said You can go back and listen to it online And you could take everything I just said And you can test it To see if I'm a false prophet But I'm going to save you some time right now And I'm just going to tell you That I confess I am a false prophet You want to know why? Because I believe the lies That I tell myself i believe the lies that this world tells about me i believe what the world sees me as and views me as i believe those things see the lie that i believe is not the truth that god's telling about me so i am my worst own false prophet and if i have to imagine most of you sitting here you are your own worst false prophet Because you're allowing yourself to believe the lies that you're telling yourself, and you're allowing yourself to believe the lies that the world is telling you. So inside this book called Winning the War in Your Minds by Craig Gershel, inside that book, he talks to you about your lies, your truth, and your declarations. And I want to get personal with you, and I want to tell you, I'm going to read some of these to you. I wrote these out throughout the last couple weeks after I read this book. Had no clue, had no clue that I were gonna put these in this message today. This is me being real with you. This is my life right here. Here's my lie. Here's the false things I'm, le- I'm, I'm believing about myself. I am not popular. People don't like me. The truth is, Galatians 1.10 says, obviously, I am not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. And here's my declaration. And this is God's love speaking into me right here. My job as a leader is to take people where they would not go except as a direct result of my leadership. Be who God has called you to be, not who people want you to be. Another lie that I tell myself all the time is this. I am not worthy. People don't value me. Or they don't hear what I have to say. Or they don't want to see what I have to do. Here's my truth. And I did, I did alter this. This is 2 Timothy 1.9. I made this personal to me. Because I wrote this to myself from God's word. And it says, for God, or for he delivered me and saved me. And called me with a holy calling. A calling that leads to a a consecrated life of purpose. Not because of my works, or because of any personal merit I could do. Because I could do nothing to earn this. But because of his own purpose, and his amazing and undeserved favor, which was granted to me in Christ Jesus before the world began eternal ages ago that's God's truth here's the declaration here's the love it says God values me so much he has called me and set me apart for his purpose that he made only me for no one else just me my lie is this I'm not the cool kid everyone else gets along then there's me all alone. No one cares about Ryan. No one wants to be around him. He is unlikable. I will never measure up. My truth is this comes from Philippians 2, 3 through 5. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look, not don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in. And others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Here's my declaration. Here's my love. You will never find purpose by comparing your life to someone else. You are wonderfully created, totally fallible, gifted, once ever in history, you. There will never be anybody other like me. There will be nobody else like me. See, those are the lies that I tell myself. That's just me being real with you guys. And see, that's why I told you, I am my own worst false prophet. And if I allow myself to believe those lies, I can't tap into the source of love that God has for me. But if I can tap into that source of love, that declaration, and I can believe those things, then I can understand his truth each and every day. The declaration is love. That means that's me allowing God to pour into my life and accepting it and receiving it and allowing it to come into my life. And if I can believe and feel that love when I go and I give that love to others, then I speak truth and not lies. So it makes me wonder where you're at today. Are you believing the lies that you're telling yourself? Are you believing the lies that the world's telling you? Are you tapping into the source of love and listening to what God is calling you instead of what the world is calling you. The worship team's gonna come up here anytime now, and, and during this last song, no matter where you're at, there's a few things that you can do. If you flip your notes over on the back, there's a spot in there that says, lies, truth, and declaration. I want you to be able to spend time and maybe some of you can just sit during this time of worship and fill that out. Maybe some of you want to come forward and just spend some time here up front and just letting it out and giving it to God. Know that we're going to have staff and elders up here to pray for you and pray with you. We don't want something from you. We want it for you guys. I want you to set yourself free from the lies of this world so that you can tap into the true source of love, the love that God has for us. So no matter what this looks like during this last song, I want you guys to do what you feel God's led you to do. And that is allowing him to love you so that you can love someone else. Because we can only love as much as we allow God to love us. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you so much. I I thank you so much for Jesus. Lord, I thank you so much for the love that you've allowed us to tap into, and that is you. You are the originator of love. You are love. Anything that we call love without you is false. And Lord, we just pray that today that we can just experience true love real love lord we have to choose it we have to accept it we have to allow your love into our lives as we spoke earlier lord it's not about whether you love us or not that's not the question you've made it clear that you love each and every one of us and you did that by sending your son to die for us So today, Lord, I pray that no matter what's on our heart, that we can just set those lies and that that false sense, that false prophet, that false whatever it is that we keep telling ourselves, that we can just lay that down, maybe even step forward and come up here and just give it to you so that we can feel your love even more. And maybe some of us will just take the time and write it out. Lord, thank you so much for your love. In Jesus' name.